You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Good morning and welcome to America's Web Radio and the Classic Car Show. Uh, we've got a very special guest on today. and In fact, I'm going to do something a little different and let uh, Steve Ronaldo introduce our guest. Uh, hello? You're can there? You hear me? Yeah, yeah. I, can't, I can't hear my mic. My thing went dead. Anyway... Uh, today we have Chris Paulson on, who is the current president of the Horses Carriage Club of America. Uh, and just quickly, Horses Carriage Club deals with cars 1915 and older. And he's also on the faculty at McPherson College, which by uh, everybody's account is the number one automotive restoration school in the United States. So uh, we have a couple things that we're going to uh, uh, talk to to Chris about. Uh, anyway, Chris, you, can you hear me okay? Yes, I can. Okay, yep. let's start with the, cl- the Horses Carriage Club. As I mentioned, it's 1915 and older, and you're, what, third generation Horses Carriage Club? I am, yeah. Um, my Actually, I think my father started in uh, early cars first, uh, really when he was a, a teenager or in his early 20s, and his uh, interest in the hobby, I was going to say addiction, but I'll say interest <laughs> in the hobby, um, kind of spurred my, my grandfather to get into it, and um, it, in fact, it, it really started my father was about 12 years old and wanted an old car, wanted a Model A Ford, and my, my grandfather said, that's fine, we'll, get you, we'll find you an old car, but can't be a model model a for it they're too complicated we got to find you a model t <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a good point of discussion <laughs> <laughs> and so from then on uh, my father has always had at least one model t my grandfather had model t ford um so i grew up with them and, and always have had either a brass model t or another 316 car and uh, so when I grew up, um, our kind of annual family summer vacation was a was a horse's carriage tour somewhere. Usually the uh, north North Jersey, Southern Ontario region. Cause we, we were living in New Jersey at the time, and um, quickly got to know the families. And, and at the time, it was neat because there were so many families that had kids my age, and uh, you know some that that. The kids that are mine, so I'm still, you know, lifelong friends with, and uh, that was that was my growing up experience and how I got started. That's cool. I I, I know I know the feeling because uh, I my my dad did this stuff too, and and uh, some of the people that that I've known I've known ever since I I was a a little kid growing up there, but it wasn't brass cars. Uh, they did they did thirties thirties cars, Packards and that kind of stuff. Uh, when they were just old used cars, and I told the, told this a million times, but I think the funniest thing was when when uh, AACA allowed cars after World War II into uh, participate in AACA. I thought we the 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 uh, we'd we'd been attacked at our house by by the Nazis or something. <laughs> you know, hey guys, a used car. That's not an old car. What's wrong with those people? You know. But the nice thing that, and I always appreciate what Horseless Carriage has done. They have uh, uh, Horseless Carriage has a unique niche in the hobby, 
and I think it's wonderful that that horse's carriage sticks to to. 1915 and older. I, I think that's great. And 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 uh, stuff. Oh, did I disconnect? <laughs> Whoa. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me. Uh, kind of a, a weird question. I've always wondered why 1915. Um. There, there's always been some discussion and and maybe even debate of that. Um. Primarily because that's uh, the sort of, I mean, after 1915, uh, really the only company that produced a car that had brass on it was Ford, going into 1916. Um, and really, so many car companies before 1916 used brass trim. Uh, they used uh, what we call gas headlights, acetylene-powered headlights, um, kerosene-powered side lights and tail lights. Um, you know, not too many companies were using electricity, but really it's sort of the end of the really primitive automobile. Yeah, yeah. They started almost all of them had starters by then, 16, 17. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you didn't have to get out and get the Ford Fracture anymore. Yep. <laughs> you mean the broken wrist? Yeah, the Ford <laughs> Fracture, the official <laughs> Ford Fracture. Yeah. Yep. Uh, with that stuff, and and what's interesting to me is in horseless carriage, and 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 you being the the current president, is the variety of cars that will see. You'll see some of the coolest stuff on a horseless carriage, and you wonder. I've never heard of that car, like the one that's on the cover. The two that are on the cover this this month, the the Auto O T T O. And the Koei Flyer, you know, who who would know anything about an auto or a Koei Flyer? Very it's few. probably just the owners of those two. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, well, and, uh, Chris, how... enjoy uh, obscure early automobiles, that's for sure. Chris, how many manufacturers were there between, well, 1894 and 1915? I mean, there was... Yeah, there were... I would venture into the thousands. Yeah. Um, you know, there were so many companies that literally produced, you know, they would incorporate in a small town uh, thinking they're going to make it big, and they built one car, maybe six cars, <laughs> you know, to satisfy the investors. Um, and, and that would be the end, realizing that, you know, they, they just couldn't market them beyond their small town. And you know, there were so many companies that would, they built, you know, just relatively few. But there were also, you know, kind of like Steve mentioned, you know, there were so many companies that would build, I mean, we've never heard of them today, but they may have been around for 20 years and built high-quality cars. But, you know, they, they were in existence from 1900 to 1920. And, uh, but, but in that time period, you know, 20 years, built thousands of cars um, that just didn't survive. You know, and, and even kind of taking it a step farther, a lot that would start turning the century and make it to the Great Depression. You know, they made it into the 1930s, but but the Great Depression sort of did them in. Yes. Yeah, there were thousands of companies. Well, and the other thing is, a lot of those companies bought components like Wisconsin engines or Continental engines and, and kind of assembled their own cars, for lack of a better way of putting it, not manufacturing, but assembling them. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, and and I think that was extremely common. You know, just like you said, take 
you know, by a, an engine that was supplied by a company and a front axle and a rear axle. And um, essentially, you know, a lot of companies put a chassis together and built their own body. You know, yes. so many of the, the bodies were built, you know, completely out of wood. And, you know, if they had a, a local cabinet maker or, you know, a, a high quality woodworker in their town, well, they could probably convince them to build a couple of bodies. And suddenly you've got a, a, an automobile that you could put your own name on. And uh, people liked it. Well, we could make a lot of these, and unfortunately, it just didn't work out for a lot of companies. Plus, a number of people that were in the uh, carriage business, i.e., Studebaker, yes, went into the car business. Yes, sure. Yeah. Stanley yep. Brothers. Yeah, there was a bunch, yeah, there, bunch of those guys. Yeah, there, there's one that uh, I always considered unique, which was called the Cutting C U T T I N G, and they tried racing that car at Indianapolis. So that that's another one of the what I call the unknowns too. Yeah. So Horses Carriage Club only only has has members. Yeah. The, the, well, I want to get into the register, leading to the different registers and stuff. But for 1915 and older, uh, and you and and you do have Horses Carriage does have different registers. Uh, people can still belong to Horses Carriage and participate, but not in national tours. For example. The uh, uh, nickel era registry. Mm-hmm. So there are other other opportunities to participate in horses carriage without being in the the main body of it, if you will. Absolutely. All right, now, what um, does the nickel registry consist of? Up to nickel, nickel when they use nickel oh, in cars. To twenty nine. Twenty nine or thirty, oh, something okay. like that. All right. Yeah. All right. Beautiful. Yep. And and actually, if I can, I mean, I should point out that the uh, Horseless Carriage Club uh, is absolutely open to everybody. Don't have to own a car, um, certainly don't have to own a brass car, um, but yeah, like you said, Steve, the, what we call our national event, which is almost a, a misnomer. I mean, they're absolutely international and, and get people from around the world to come to them, um, and those are, are typically just pre-1916 Automobiles, but so many of the regional groups, and, and like you said, the registers, are, they allow anything. Uh, we've got a regional group not too far from me here in, in central Kansas, and it's open to uh, pre World War II, um, but just because there's not a, a high concentration of brass cars. So the regional groups are sort of allowed to do what they want, but yeah, when it comes to a, a national event, uh, it, it's going to be. Uh, 1915 and earlier. So, well, okay, that's a good question. Uh, uh, and I've always wondered, that's why I'm glad I'm having a chance to, to talk to you. How many 15 and earlier cars be, would you guess that are still floating around in, in the United States? I have, I have absolutely no idea. If you Because I'm sure somebody has done the research. And and you guys might you you know the 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 club might have some idea of just an approximate number of 1915 and older cars. That's a great question that I don't have a uh, an informed answer on. Um, I, you know I I don't know that I I can't say for sure that anybody's ever done really you know any any sort of research. Um, be interesting to, to know for sure you know as, as, especially as an organization uh, trying to uh, 
capture people that that have these cars. Um, how many exactly? How many cars are we looking at? How many car owners are we looking at? Yeah, and museums uh, too. Oh yes, I, yes. Uh, I, I, yeah, I think uh, museums. Yeah, certain. I, you're right. Individuals, museums. Because um, the Ford Museum has got a pretty good number. Yeah, every all yeah. of them do. Um, is there a, a a listing of the cars that are owned by the club members? Yeah. Um, every few years, uh, the club puts out a roster uh, specifically for uh, club members that uh, it's optional. So, I mean, we, we don't, you know, if, if you're a member of the club, you don't have to list an automobile. Some people have a large collection. They only list one. Um or two, but uh, yeah, we, we do keep a roster of existing uh, 1915 and earlier cars, and it's a great resource for club members. Um, you know, if I own an unusual car, I can look and oh my gosh, somebody else has one just like it, you know, and, and you know, I've, I've done that a few times, and um, become sort of pen pals or email buddies with, with people around the world sure. that have a car similar yeah. to mine. Never met them, but, you know, we've shared photos and, and measurements on different things and try to get another one of these cars back on the road. How, how does the club handle something like, I think it was uh, the 1896 Benz that Mercedes built 10... 100. 100? They built 100. 100 replicas. For the hun- yeah. yeah. Uh, do you recognize that? Um, it's actually... Boy, that's a tough one. Um, <laughs> well, listen, we're going to go to break. Think about it. Okay. <laughs> and we'll be back in a minute, okay? Sounds good. Thanks. Whether cruising the strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Your auto love and investment demands the best, and for 45 years, Passport Transport has been meeting those demands. From manufacturers to the one-car collectors and all other facets of the auto industry and antique auto hobby. The first and the finest with unequaled service and peace of mind. Passport Transport, your auto transportation company. Contact PassportTransport.com with your need today. Passport Transport. This is Lawyer Liz. Join me each week as we discuss drones, the Internet of Things, and all the technology in between. It's Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz, Wednesdays at 2. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about anti-car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And welcome back to America's Web Radio and the Classic Car Show. Our guest today is Chris Paulson. And Chris, we're certainly glad to have you on today. I'm glad to be here. Uh, Chris, Just we were talking while we were on break and uh, 
I, I use the Mercedes replica as an example, but I'm going to kind of switch gears for a minute because we were also talking about one of the museums that have it. And I know it would probably take a lot of work, but somebody that might be in the club would want to go to the websites of all the museums and maybe compile a, a list there of the 15 and earlier cars. Just a thought, you know, somebody that's homebound or something that's looking for something to do could start compiling that. Yep. yep. It would be interesting. Um, yeah. How, how big is Horses Carriage Club? How many? How many member families? Uh, we've got about forty three hundred uh, members, um, and that's been pretty steady uh, over the the years. Um, certainly over the past few decades. Um, it, it's uh, you know, which which I think right there is, is sort of telling to the number of cars that that may be out there. Uh, but yeah, we've, we've got just over four thousand members. Well, that's cool. That, that's cool. Now, now, what is the primary uh, uh, focus of Horses Carriage Club? Like, you know, AACA has the national meets and the car shows and the tours and all of this stuff. What, what's the primary focus of Horses Carriage Club? I think the primary focus is, is really touring, uh, getting them out, getting the cars out, and using them and meeting people, meeting the public. Um, years ago, uh, probably the better part of 30 years ago, I would say, the club as an organization did away with judging. Um, they just felt it was sort of a um, dividing uh, part of the club and so did away with it. And we do no judging, um, really do no shows other than uh, some tours will do a show as, as a way to get the cars together and try and inform the public um, and, and just spend time together but but uh, not give out awards or prizes so really primarily touring um, and, and I think it's a, a great way you know so many people think oh my gosh you know car nineteen fifty, you know well over 100 years old their own museums they should all be in museums and and you know there's, there's a lot of us that don't believe that's true uh, I mean there's some that are just so primitive so rare that Maybe a museum is the best place for them, but there's so many that are that are really drivable. And oh, I, when they were new. sure. Even even you know because we 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 do quite a few of the the national tours, and it's so funny to to see, you know, a, a car like Harold's Coker's Thomas Flyers or the Coe Flyer, these big monster cars that can go 70, 80 miles an hour, and then you'll see two or three people show up with a one-cylinder curved dash Oldsmobile or a brush that go about 20 with luck. Yes. <laughs> doing the same thing, and it's just cool. Yeah. It, it, is, it is just absolutely one of the coolest sights you'll ever see. Yep. Well, and the other thing is you folks share your cars. In other words, if somebody's there, you go by schools. and, and Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and you give people the opportunity, especially Take children. Kid, kids yeah. for rides. Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the fun thing of it. Um, for our listeners' benefit, how do you join? What does it cost? Is there a website, or what? how do they find out? Um easiest way to, to find out more and, and certainly join is uh, hcca.org just uh, Horseless Carriage Club of America um, but hcca.org 
national, uh, or, or I should say the dues, are uh, $45 per year. Uh, get a beautiful full-color magazine. Wonderful magazine, six yes. Six times a year. Um, and uh, on the website also, there's a, a page that lists all the regional groups. Uh, you know, with a with, uh, little bit of luck, anybody that's listening that's interested um, may find a regional group in their area and, um, you know, can certainly find out more that way, meet local members with, with uh, 316 cars. Yeah, and some international ones. Absolutely. We have, I, I, my Maxwell guys that I talk to and ask questions about my 09 Maxwell, I get, I get the most response, which is kind of weird, from Australia. Those guys are really into Maxwell's in Australia. I don't know what the connection is, but there's they uh, uh, there's a there's a, a, a big group in Australia. One of the other parts that I really like about horses carriage and the tours, as opposed to the car shows, is the ladies are involved. And and uh, one of the coolest one of the neatest things is when they encourage uh, the people on the tours to to dress up in period clothing with dusters and shirts without collars and suspenders and all that stuff and you drive a 1910 or 11 car into a town and they have a show around the square and everybody's dressed up like that it it's just an amazing thing just to see that stuff yeah absolutely you know it, it really I think takes the spectators, I'll, I'll say the general public, back in time, you know, and, and really helps put the, more of the picture together. Uh, and, and so many of the um, groups uh, do that, you know. I mean, it, it's difficult uh, for, for some people to find period clothing. <laughs> Excuse me, but, um, yeah, a lot of the groups will encourage, you know, not require, but encourage people to, to dress in period clothing just to really like I said yeah. for people. well Brenda's really into that part and she's done I, I don't know the seminars on on how to dress uh, vintage without buying old stuff where to find new stuff reasonable that so you can you can have the look and it's kind of fun. another thing I won't do is I refuse to wear 1910 shoes I'm convinced World War One started because these all these old farts roar those uncomfortable shoes and were crabby all the time. It had nothing to do with the Archduke Ferdinand. It was just those tight, horrible shoes. <laughs> well, shifting gears for a minute. Let's, um, the club hosts or sponsors, or maybe you can be a little more specific, a couple of swap meets, one in Oklahoma and I think Bakersfield in California every year. And, and is, is that a club event or is that something you, you promote or sponsor? Um, yeah, the, the kind of the, the big two um, swap meets that the, the club sponsors, um, Bakersfield, California, uh, and um, I, I should say actually it's, it's sponsored by a Model T club, but uh, the, the horse carriage club tries to promote and, and, and certainly support it. Um, and back up a step. Uh, the two swap meets, actually three that, that I have in mind are, are pre-World War II, um, which is, you know, obviously a very select, specific group, but um, tends to bring out a lot of the pre-1916 
parts that, that we're looking for and, and cars that we're looking for. And that's uh, Bakersfield, California, usually in mid-April. Um, one in uh, Pennsylvania, usually southeastern Pennsylvania. Kind of location changes every few years. Um, and that one is in uh, mid to late May. Uh, and then the, the third, which person going out of chronological order, is usually third week of March in Chickasha, Oklahoma. And uh, yeah, those are sort of the the big big three swap meets for us uh, because they're pre-war. And then, of course, yeah, you know, you horses carriage and its members and ven- particular vendors have a big presence at Hershey. Absolutely, I, I was going to mention that one. That I mean, there's there's no arguing with the the size and scope of Hershey, and and yeah, there's, I mean, and it's you know, for so many of us, uh, it's a reunion. You know, we've we've got international members uh, that. that horseless carriage members that they come there and, and we get to visit with them every year and uh, it's a great place to, to look for parts but maybe more importantly visit with uh, new and old friends yeah it, it, it is and, and and if you're looking for brassier stuff those first two three rows are are filled with brassier stuff and, and the people in it you know I, I've not been I'm looking forward to going to Bakersfield next year uh after being in the mountains for the the convention or up there should be should be pretty cool well loaded question is there any consideration for horses carriage to let in newer cars or do you think they will always stay at 1915 and older um you know we, it's something that we've discussed um and and I know that the club has discussed this uh, from time to time over the years, and um, sometimes it's a very heated discussion. But I, you know, my my feeling, my opinion for now, anyway, is that it will stay 1915 and earlier, uh, primarily because the the regional groups and registers are allowed to do whatever they want, you know. And and if it's an area that just doesn't have a, a lot of 1915 and earlier cars. Well, they can make it pre-1928 or pre-1932 or pre-World War II um, and, and in an order to gain members and gain vehicles that can get out and, and get used. But, but the Horses Carriage Club of America is the main group, um, in my opinion, for the foreseeable future will stay... Good. That, that's as, as it should be. Because I, I know that discussion has come up a lot. Well, I've got a question because we, we keep talking brass and brass era, but there were cars built in 1915 and earlier that didn't have a brass radiator. They were either painted or they were, I guess, curved dash like the Osmobile, and you you allow those in too, correct? Absolutely, yeah. And, and maybe the, the the brass era, when we say brass era, really just sort of a, a wide term, uh, but you're right, not completely accurate. Okay. Um, 1915 and earlier, or pre-1916, is is probably a a better way to put it because, like you said, yeah, there were painted radiators, there were nickel uh, cars, there were cars with no radiators, um, you know, and and certainly glad to have 
motorcycles or you know anything ah, yeah that's cool ah all right so that opens up a whole new spectrum then with the early motorcycles steve and i have a friend that's got a 1914 triumph yeah and, okay. and some of the tours that we've been on there's been several guys that have brought 15 and you know early motorcycles and they dress up with the whole outfits and it's they're just cool <laughs> and they, they that's just the coolest thing well and they've got that cannonball run now with the pre-19 what is it 16 motorcycles i think or 15 that goes from coast to coast oh do they really yeah, yeah i didn't know yeah. about that yeah, it's a bunch of old geezers. Chris, we're going to uh, take another break for a minute, and we'll be right back and we'll talk a little bit about McPherson College. My name is Kyle Hayes, a motorsports student at Alfred State College. Every year, Alfred State students compete in the Great Race, which is a cross-country time endurance rally for vintage vehicles. As you can imagine, it's pretty costly. I'm asking for your help. Your donation can make it possible for these students to live their passion and promote the vintage automobile industry. Please visit our site at give.alfredstate.edu and search Great Race to learn more and help us reach our goal. Thank you. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about antique car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. 45 years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we do thank you for listening. We also want to take this opportunity to, to uh, clear our throat and cough and whatever else we do here. Uh, that's, that's an appreciation for an email that we uh, received. Anyway, beyond that, uh, I want to thank our, our super sponsors, J.C. Taylor Insurance and also Passport Transport. Uh, both of them support the business, support the hobby, and uh, we appreciate them supporting America's Web Radio and the Classic Car Show. So our thanks go out to Ed Watts at Passport Transport and uh, also Ed at uh, or Bob Wallace at J.C. Taylor Insurance. Um, that was a great show, by the way, with uh, Bob the other day. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a very enjoyable person. Yeah, yeah. and, and you, you need it, it's um, it, that insurance stuff is so misunderstood and so many. <laughs> we had, I, I got I got to admit we had a, a gentleman on on a show that we do on insurance, and uh, he was so far out on car insurance, had no clue about classic car insurance, and. Um, I just dropped the sub. I dropped it real quick because I knew that we know more about it from Bob Wallace than this guy being in the business for 40 years. Uh, oh. Didn't know what he was talking yes. about. Anyway, that has nothing to do with Chris. Chris, 
How you doing today? Are we are we doing? Is is Steve embarrassing you or anything? <laughs> no, not yet. Not, not, not yet. yet. We're not done yeah. yet either. <laughs> well, okay. Chris, I, I just I want to shift gears for a minute and talk about McPherson College because you folks do so many wonderful things. What I'd like to know is what cars you have under restoration now at the college. Um, okay. Uh, so we typically have between 15 and 20 vehicles we're restoring at any given time. So um, uh, earlier we, we talked about um, the 1886 Benz. Uh, we've got one of those replicas. Um, and that one, we, we did some relatively major work to it when we first got it. Now we mostly run it and maintain it. Uh, we've got a 1908 Holzman high-wheeler, um, usually several Model T Fords, Model A Ford. Um, we've got a 19, uh, all the way really up to about 1970. We've got a 1970 Camaro we're working on. We've got a 1967 Mustang. Um, one of our, I guess, premier projects right now is a 1953 Mercedes 300S Cabriolet, uh, sort of our, our biggest project for right now. Wow. Yes, I'm very familiar with those. Clark Gable used to own one. Correct. Yeah, yep. yeah, gorgeous cars. Good heavens. I mean, that, that thing's made out of boilerplate. <laughs> yeah. Boilerplate, yep. and, and, and uh, I think all the chrome is solid brass. The yeah. car must weigh a ton. No, oh, I had a friend that had one. And uh, before they became valuable. Chris, I want to sort of jump stream on this for a second, talking about uh, McPherson. And as everybody knows, um, since Steve's, we started the show, we've been after kids to get involved in the hobby. And obviously, McPherson is one of the, the biggest leaders. Do you feel like that the hobby, the classic car show on America's Web Radio, and the advertising in different magazines, do you feel like it's it's drawing the number of young folks? Had I had the opportunity when I was 17 or 18, I think I would have jumped all over going to McPherson or, or Restoration University. Do you, do you think you all are doing the job? Is the job being done to get young people involved? You know, I, I think uh, all of us, uh, certainly myself included, can always do more. Um, but, you know, I, I, at the same time, I think the future of the hobby and, and maybe even the future of the antique car industry not as doom and gloom as, as everybody thinks. Um, and, I, I mean, I've got a unique perspective because I see so many young people interested and, and involved and, uh, you know, in our case, willing to move halfway across the country to spend four years in Kansas to, to learn this stuff. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think... Certainly, we, we can all do more, but I think you, know, you guys are doing a great job. There's so much information out there. Students that want to find it will find it. You know, you know it's, it's, there's another thing that always draws people, and that's called money. And yeah. if kids, kids realize that they could go to McPherson, come out with a degree, and almost be guaranteed very close, if not above, a six-figure uh, salary, um, I think that would draw more if they if they got that message right quick. That's true, um, you know. And, and if <laughs> if we could 
guarantee that sort of thing. Um, yeah, we'd, we'd, uh, well, well I, I was going to say we'd have more students than we know to do with, but we're we're already at that point. But um, are you at, yeah, are you, you know, have you limited? Are, are you at your limit now of of students in the four year program? Yeah, yeah, we we um, when we start up in a few weeks, uh, I believe we'll be right around a hundred and forty students. Um, in, in the whole program, and that's really capacity. Uh, last last year or two years ago, we were um, more closer to 150, uh, and that was it, was it was great. It was a great problem to have, but really almost too many. Uh-huh. Um, and you do something unique in that I think you require business courses too, if I remember correctly. Yeah, how it works, because it's a, a full four-year bachelor degree program, uh, the student's going to take their core group of restoration classes that, that cover everything, but they've also got to take their general education classes and also declare a major. So a lot of the students will do um, like what we call restoration management. So they'll take the restoration classes, they'll take their gen ed classes, and then they'll take a lot of business classes. Um, you know, and, and almost get a minor in business uh, because they've taken so many classes and it really works out well for them. Yeah, because you always hear from anybody, well, I'm going to I'm going to own my own shop that one day and how long do most of them last because they have no business understanding at all. Yep. yep. Yeah. So really the, the students that want to own their own shop or um, do something business related, we encourage them to go that way. Um, instead of business, they can take um, what we call restoration communication. So they take the core restoration classes in it, and then more communication classes if they want to become a, a writer or an author. Um, we also have design classes. We've got uh, history classes. Um, and then we've got technology classes also. So you can kind of pick your degree track, whichever direction you think you want to go. How many students have graduated since you started your program? Um, I don't know off the top of my head. Um, and I, I feel like I should. We, we just celebrated our 40th anniversary. That's great. Um, That's great. So going back 40 years, it, it'd be a pretty sizable number. Uh, um, was your dad involved, too, in the, in the program? Uh, my dad, did you say? Yes. Other than helping me pay tuition when I was a student, <laughs> okay. So, so he's an uh, he's an alumni. Of yes. This. Oh, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just wondered yeah. if if his dad had been on the faculty at one time. Or no, um, my my father he he always did this as a hobby. Um, never did it as a business. Uh, when I moved out here, um, twelve or thirteen years ago. Uh, he actually he moved out here seven years ago, so he's out here in central Kansas now. But um, he he'll come by and, and help at the college from time to time when we've got a specific problem or when I can rope him into sharing some bit of uh, expertise or or uh, an experience. But um, no no formal um, you know relationship with the college. Chris, this is a totally off the wall question, but. We know that uh, AACA and, and other uh, folks involved in the hobby are get donations. Do you all look for donations, not just of money, but of equipment? Because it's it's like um, 
the three of us, I could lift the the hood on on my uh, new Explorer, and I don't have a clue what all that stuff is. Nor do I have the money to buy the computer to plug into it to find out if it's chugging along. But now you give me a timing light and or a regular old carburetor and. I'd know a little bit about yeah. what to do with it. So do you, do you all look for folks that have shops that will donate equipment that might not be available on the market today for old cars, for classic cars? Absolutely. Um, because we're a, a private liberal arts institution, we receive um, virtually no state or federal funding. So we, we really rely a lot on donations. Um, yeah, we're always, you know, glad to meet shop owners or, you know, people that are, you know, up, maybe upgrading their equipment and why they want to get rid of that uh, sun tuning machine that was, <laughs> you know, yeah. it was great in the 60s, not so useful today. Well, you know what? We work on stuff from the, the 60s on back, and that's all we work on. So the computer equipment, well, we don't really need it, but that sun machine is very valuable to, to us. So, yeah. Always looking for equipment, and um, and actually, all the vehicles we work on have been donated. Well, I'll bring you one at Hershey. <laughs> I've had it, and it's an old Sun uh, air fuel mixture meter. Wow. It still works. Yeah, yeah. You don't have yeah, a sun. Yeah, you blow into it frequently, huh? No, yeah. <laughs> breathalyzer test. Breathalyzer test. Check your check your CO level. Yeah. yeah. Do you have a sun distributor machine? We do. Yeah. Those, those have disappeared, but boy, are they a necessity. Now, now, do you teach your kids how to put their hand on the fin- on the fender of the car? And determine what needs to be adjusted just by the uh, vibration. A little bit, um, you know. We, we may start there and then try and do something uh, a little more ty- uh, di- well, scientific. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, every bit of diagnosis has to start somewhere. And uh, yeah, we you know we spend a lot of time. Um, you know, here's an engine and it runs, and, and we'll sabotage it. And you know, I'll here figure out what's wrong. And absolutely. Do, does McPherson participate in the great race like the X Cup stuff? Uh, we we do. Um, actually, we, we have not the past couple of years, but uh, I, I believe, and really just because of a timing issue, uh, we've got uh, what we call institute classes uh, that that take place in the month of June that are open to the public, and it's just a really busy time for us. And um, but but yeah, we we have competed in the great race and, and the X Cup uh, numerous times. Really enjoyed it. Fantastic event. Um, and and are looking forward to get back getting back into it in the near future. D- describe institute classes. That's interesting. Okay. That's where uh, that's where Steve escaped from. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'd be glad to have him back. Um, <laughs> Yeah, he didn't wear out his padded cell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the institute classes are uh, one-week um, hands-on classes, uh, open to the public. Uh, in fact, we typically get people from around the world uh, that that will come and, and take classes, and they're very specific. It'll either be uh, diagnostics or uh, paint restoration or sheet metal. Um, uh, casting, uh, we'll we'll do uh, like foundry work, 
um, cool. transmission restoration. You know, so you pick a, a subject area and come, and, and the people that teach it are our uh, faculty that we that teach during the year. Um, and pick a subject, come meet people, and, and uh, we actually, we usually call it car camp. Because we've wow. got, uh, That's a great idea. Activities yeah. And uh, people come, and we'll spend all day playing or working, however you want to it, is, uh, I know we're going to stop. Yeah. When we get back, I have a question about that. I, uh, okay. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. 45 years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. This is Lawyer Liz. Join me each week as we discuss drones, the Internet of Things, and all the technology in between. It's Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz, Wednesdays at 2. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about anti-car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we do, as always, thank you for listening to America's Web Radio and the Classic Car Show. Today our special guest is Mr. Chris Paulson. He is president of the Horseless Carriage Club. I got it out without stumbling over my tongue. Very good. I know, yeah, it's tough. Very good, and he's also on... The staff of McPherson College. The automotive program, yeah. 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 I, I, I've got a question. Well, you had a question for yeah. me. Uh, these classes you were talking about, are they open to anybody or only students, registered students? Uh, the institute classes? Yes. Yeah. Um, excuse me, open to anybody. How would you um, find out about that? Yeah, when do you announce uh, what yeah, you're going to be I doing? Th- I'd never heard about you guys doing this. I think it's a great idea to get out and, and get the information on it and stuff. Um, they are uh, primarily advertised on our website, which is uh, mcpherson.edu. Um, and the information usually comes out in the fall. Uh, we, we sort of pick the schedules and, and decide which classes are going to be offered um, and uh, which which weeks they will be, because they're usually three or four weeks, um, but, but one-week classes. Um, and, and, you know, like I said, that usually comes out in the fall. Are they full? Are they always full? Uh, usually, yeah. Most of them are, are full. Um, some fill quicker than others, um, but yeah, they're, they're usually full. Um, and one, I think one of the neat things about it um, most of the classes, you can bring your own projects. If you decide you want to do uh, the upholstery class, the, the term class, and you've got, you know, usually work with the professor ahead of time, but if you can um, bring the 
feet out of whatever patent car. One person brought the feet springs out of their uh, 1915 Ford Model T and cool. redid them in class. And if you take the sheet metal class, you can bring a hood or a fender that needs to be repaired and, and work on your own stuff. Great. Chris, for, for Steve, do you all have a uh, class on sleeping on the uh, Jeeper Creeper? Yeah. <laughs> Jeeper Creepers. <laughs> That Boy, that's, that's, that's really that's old. That and your radio flyer wagon maintenance program, <laughs> yeah. right? That's but it. what a great article or a, a listing in the Gazette. What a, you know, I I think if you if if you guys would do that, I I can't imagine uh, the response you'd get. Yeah. Well, I think it's incredible. Now, let's say I want to do it. Do you offer dormitory space, or, or what, 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 what are the accommodations and the tuition? Let's get into details, please. Um, the accommodations, uh, we have, because it's uh, people from all over, um, they can certainly come and stay in a hotel in town if they like, or stay with a friend if, if they know someone in town. <laughs> or, um, but what we do is we clear out uh, and, and clean two of our newest, uh, dormitory, which are right across the parking lot from the restoration building. Um, and for those weeks, it's only the people that are here for the uh, auto institute classes. Um, and we, we get uh, some husband and wife teams that come every year. So, I mean, they, they get their, their room. But cool. you know, most, most people come and stay in the dorms. And, uh, I'd stay. In I, have, I have this picture of a guy walking in with a with a hood under his arm. You know, I'm here for the class. <laughs> yep, yep. I'd stay in the Phi Sig house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> well, anyway, now that we brought up Animal House, uh, <laughs> moving right along, tuition for a, a week. If I come out. And, and the dorm. What what's the package? Um, price. If you do the uh, the class plus the uh, stay in the dorm plus uh, our meal plan, which is um, five breakfasts, uh, five lunches, and I believe four. Di- no, I think I think it is five dinners um, in the cafeteria. And since there's no students on campus, the the um, food services. They love it because it's almost like a catering job to them. I mean, they really take pride in putting out good meals. Um, and I believe it is $1,000 all-inclusive. That's all? Do you have a special meal plan like for Steve, all pizza? All pizza, yeah. Pizza and hot dogs <laughs> and burgers. Actually, it's usually pizza on the – there's always pizza on the side for you. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, that's good. Um all right, let's let's talk. I want to fly in. Where do I fly into? Uh, the easiest. Well, um, if you uh, are fortunate enough to have your own jet, you can fly right into the McPherson my, Airport, which is yeah. about oh, miles. good. I'm glad yeah. I, I, my, my I, jets, I can do my, that. Yeah, yeah, I can do that. Booked. Yeah, I can yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah, because I, I I use net jets. If, if that's not really an option for for most of us, uh, you can fly into Wichita, which is about fifty miles uh, south of us. Right. Um, and actually, we usually have uh, somebody from the college that is running back and forth picking up people. We try and coordinate that ahead of time, and people that all fly in around the same time will have them meet up, and and we'll send a 
Cool. I think it's a great program. I never heard of this. I think it's a wonderful idea. This is the best kept secret. Yeah, in the hobby. Man, you guys could have just hundreds of people here for for classes. But I'm sure you don't want that either. Um, uh, Alcoholic beverages, are they allowed in the dorm? Um... Oh boy! I hope, I hope the uh, president of the college isn't listening. Just, just say I'll. We'll take that question under advisement. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is a dry campus, but uh, because we're all adults, we're we well, can often look uh, the other way. Right. But it is a dry. That campus. lets Steve out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I only bring that up because I, 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 you used to be a dry county, if I remember rightly. That's, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, like here. The, the, the other way around that is, I live a block from campus, and it's off campus, and uh, most anybody's welcome anytime. All right, we'll be over. We'll be over Tuesday night, <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and your your home address, Chris. If I, <laughs> and there's six I'll, of us. Uh, I'll, I'll email that to you. <laughs> but no, that's a great program. I I Good I would Lord. yeah, because there's things I would like to to. To even it, you know. Do you have, now, a, class, do you have cl- a class on making Maxwell's run? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can bring the whole car. Yeah, I can put it in the overhead bin. Yeah. <laughs> to me, that's one of the fun things about it because it is open to anybody. You know, you get so many different people from all over with different interests, and we really try to cater each class to what the people want to learn that week. So. so so yeah, after yeah. after a class, do you have like a uh, uh, get together, cocktail hour, or something like that, where everybody can <laughs> sit around and chat about and talk about? Uh, it's their at cars his house. Or, that's at his, his house. house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and his front yard, and his <laughs> driveway, probably. Uh, what, not not just this stuff, but what do you see? And and I want to uh, sort of get back to the the club a little bit as employability. Uh, for students graduating in the various parts of the the uh, uh, program with their bachelor's degree, what what you know? I hear all these wonderful stories. Like we have uh, up in Virginia, Jamestown College has a. I mean, North Carolina has a NASCAR program. Those kids are all hired when they're juniors. I mean, they don't they 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 have a job when they graduate. Yep. Um. You know, it, it's kind of interesting. Like, to me, uh, when I went through the program years ago, it was, well, you're going to graduate and you're going to go to work in a body shop or a machine shop, you know, and the really lucky few go to work in a restoration shop. And that has so completely changed now. Um, you know, we, we've got students that certainly go to work in restoration shops, uh, but we've got a, a growing number that go to work in private collections of cars. Um, the auction industry, the, the antique car auction com- you know, companies are, are huge and love our graduates because they've, they've got the working knowledge um, they can write catalog descriptions, they can take care of the cars, they can you know, field questions about cars that are coming up for auction um, automotive, uh, antique uh, automotive insurance companies um, you know, from from uh, claims because they know, you know, when somebody calls in, I had an accident, here's what the car is. Well, they, they have a working knowledge of, of what's involved there, all the way up to, to public relations in, in those companies, uh, museums. Um, so it's really, to me, interesting just to see where the different, you know, graduates go. But um, extremely high employability, uh, 
employability, um, and placement rate. You know, that they all go out and, and end up with jobs once they graduate. Cool. That's good to know. Yeah, that and is. it's a wide open job market for these kids. Yeah. For these guys that get this degree. Anyway, how much time do we have left? About a minute and a half. Okay. Uh, going back to Horses Carriage Club, if people want to find out more about it, uh, websites, contact, phone numbers, magazines, whatever, how would somebody find out more about Horses Carriage? And it's a great organization. I've been a member for years and years. The uh, easiest way is hcca.org. Uh, all the information is there. Um, how to sign up and, and register as a member. You can see, um, get the great magazine, the Horses Carriage Gazette. There's contact information, my email, all the officers' contact information is there, the home office. Um, feel free to, to contact any of us with any questions you've got. Yeah, yeah. I And, and a calendar of events. All right, McPherson, again, how do you find out about the McPherson Automotives Program, Restoration Program? Uh, probably easiest way is go right to the website, which is uh, mcpherson.edu, M-C-T-H-E-R-S-O-N. It's pronounced McPherson, but spelled McPherson for the rest of the world, dot E-D-U. Um, and from there, you can go to the auto restoration uh, and get all the information on there about classes for students and institute and everything else. Cool. Chris, we want to thank you for being on the Classic Car Show today and uh, hope you'll return and, and <clears throat> we'll try to uh, I'll call you when Steve's not going to be in. No, I'm too <laughs> 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 glad to do it. It's, it's been a great pleasure. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, Chris. Alright, we'll see you at Hershey. Sounds good. Take care. All right. Bye. Bye. Okay. Your auto love and investment demands the best, and for 45 years, Passport Transport has been meeting those demands. From manufacturers to the one-car collectors and all other facets of the auto industry and antique auto hobby. The first and the finest with unequaled service and peace of mind. Passport Transport, your auto transportation company. Contact PassportTransport.com with your need today. Passport Transport. My name is Kyle Hayes, a motorsports student at Alfred State College. Every year, Alfred State students compete in the Great Race, which is a cross-country time endurance rally for vintage vehicles. As you can imagine, it's pretty costly. I'm asking for your help. Your donation can make it possible for these students to live their passion and promote the vintage automobile industry. Please visit our site at give.alfredstate.edu and search Great Race to learn more and help us reach our goal. Thank you. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about antique car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.